everything's all right. This, this is such a perfect song for now because I've literally just been spending the last like three months walking around and be like, everything's all right. Everything's all right. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Today, I'm from A to Ziggy. Everything's all right. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we listen to and discuss every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Travis. My name is Thomas. And today we're talking about everything's all right. Everything's all right from... Pinups, David Bowie's album of cover songs, 1973. 73. The end of the Ziggy period. Slightly after Ziggy Stardust was killed off. Yeah. The Spiders were disbanded. Bowie and crew head off to France and record an album of covers, mainly to avoid writing new stuff because uh, Tony DeFreeze, Bowie's manager, was trying to work out some royalty deals or something and... He didn't want Bowie writing any new material until after that had gone through. So an album of covers, is it was the solution there. It's a good way around it. Because RCA needed an album. Everything's all right. Yeah. This was, the original was by the Mojos, right? Yep. Had you heard of the Mojos? I had not heard of the Mojos until this rolled around. The Mojos sounds like a kind of a dirty name. It does. When I hear Mojo, I always think of something sexually related. <laughs> Something sexual. I mean, unfortunately, because of my age, I, I instantly think of Austin Powers. I always think of the Powerpuff Girls. There we go. <laughs> um, we, are, we are definitely showing our ages yeah. here. Uh, and then, of course, there's Mr. Mojo Rising. Yes. And uh, I got my mojo working. The classic sort of British beat uh, <laughs> favorite. But both of those things just sound kind of like dirty. Yeah. Um. But the Mojos, uh, this was a, what, a five-piece group. Um, they wrote this song. It was a number nine single in 1964. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. A number nine single, which began life as uh, the, let's see, one of the band members, uh, James, was it? The lead singer, Stu James, was writing this as a uh, kind of riff on Art Blakey's jazz standard Monin, which the, uh, in the original, it's a piano line. In Bowie's version, it's, a, it's Mick Ronson on guitar. But that first part, the um, boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, that bit, that's yeah. sort of a, not the same as the Art Blakey version song, but um, it's, it's sort of taken off of that. And then the rest of the band comes in and throws a bunch of bits and pieces Sort of standard rock and roll tropes. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Mojos. The Mojos. Mojos were fans of the Beatles and they sort of tried to take the, they sort of tried to follow the Beatles route to success, route to fame. They eventually wound up in Hamburg and playing the, uh, what was the club there? Um, Star Club. Um, came back to the UK and had some hit singles. Yes, yeah, so, and they they sort of followed the Beatles' path. They were sort of Beatle imitators, but uh, never really reached that same level of success. I think of them as the From A to Ziggy of pop music, in that they they sort of followed the the Beatles around um, <laughs> and tried to do the same thing, maybe not as well. And so I hope that uh, at some point the David Bowie of of alphabetical podcasts <laughs> comes along and uh, and covers what we did. Only better at some point. Man, this is layers. Layers upon this layers. This is a lot of layers. This is Inception. Um, yeah, the Mojos. Yeah. It's a pretty simple song. It's like a A, B. Yeah. A, it's, B, C, A. It's your pretty typical 
60s blues-based rock song. I mean, the, the lyrics are all pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty simple rhymes. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of little babies. This is a fecund track. Yes. <laughs> Lots of little babies. Yeah. Um, not a lot to parse over with this. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I mean, what's, what's interesting might be the, uh, uh, the things Bowie does with it when he covers it he adds the backing vocals yeah they turn into you know they're they're swapping channels this is a good headphone song no this is one i was watching on on youtube on tv oh travis i know what a oh. waste but you hear him you hear him in the uh it's bowie and jeff mccormack war in peace if you will swapping between left and right it's an interesting effect because um, they sort of tie it's a call and response kind of thing yeah but with some stereo thrown in i guess that that makes it more interesting yeah yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. And then Mick Ronson plays, you know, guitar instead of uh, piano. I like the 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 riff that Mick Ronson does on it, it kind of sound. It's very kind of Zeppelin-y, kind of kind of kind of like a Led Zeppelin type of riff. Which is what? No, oh, just it's hard to describe. Just feels like it just has that like kind of like syncopated, just like you're pointing at your. Your heart. Sorry, it's, 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 it's it comes my, out. It comes up. Comes out of the heart. <laughs> or like heart. It's my, <laughs> like acid reflux. Just, just doing my guitar hands. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things that makes sense in my head, but then I realize it makes sense to nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like it better as guitar than I do piano, which I guess generally stands true for me for most things. I mean, it's it's a world of difference between sixty four and. 73 nine years of like rock yeah history progress i did find a find a pretty cool live version of it um, oh did you you found the one from uh the 1980 floor show it was from actually it's the marquee club let's see if i can get this to pull up the credits without october playing. 73 this was yeah from i think that's the only time it was played live yeah from 73 i haven't seen this it was good like it's uh Again, in typical Bowie fashion, like it's a little theatrical. Yeah. Uh, where you have like the backup singers are kind of standing towards the back. And then when their parts kick in, they both kind of you know, like the shuffle astronauts. up. The astronauts kind of shuffle up and kick in their part. And yeah. it's very funny. So uh, it's it's definitely from post shaving off the eyebrows. Mm. See, there is there is not an eyebrow to be seen. <laughs> it's one of, That's one of those things that never really dawned on me until it was brought to my attention when we were doing... Uh, Saturday night driving, or not driving, driving Saturdays. Saturday night driving. <laughs> you know that song that wouldn't we wouldn't have even gotten to yet. <laughs> Way to remember the title of a song. I gave a five because it's excellent. You did, didn't you? That time it actually that made total sense. But yeah, now that it, it was brought to my attention, I can't unsee it. The fact that he shaved his eyebrows. Yeah, it's like when um I was watching uh watching Hollywood Squares to throw things back to a time period we were talking about last week. This was in like 2001 or 2002. I was watching Hollywood Squares with my then girlfriend, and she pointed out to me that Whoopi Goldberg has no eyebrows. And despite the fact that I had seen many Whoopi Goldberg vehicles at that point in my life, huh. I had never noticed. And then I felt the need to point it out to everyone. I, I drove my mom crazy with it because I was every time Whoopi Goldberg was on, I'd be like, she doesn't have any eyebrows. I know. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for telling me again. And then she would get kind of annoyed with my with my then girlfriend for bringing that to my attention because then I didn't shut up about it. I'm just thinking of Whoopi Goldberg vehicles like uh, different Batmobiles that Lucius Fox comes delivers to Batman's secret cave. 
<laughs> and they all have like Whoopi Goldberg faces in the front, but different variations of them. I want there to be. I want a Whoopi mobile. So now, so now that just makes me think of like in Darkwing Duck when Launchpad McQuack has a jet that looks like his face. It's fun to have things shaped like your face. It is. Everything should be shaped like one's face. I want a guitar shaped like my face now for next time I play out. I don't know if you've ever seen Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick has a guitar shaped like himself. <laughs> it's like his body standing like like leaning against something as the body of the guitar. I, I, I should pull up a picture of it. Who I mean, was the this... rapper who had a gold pendant that was in the shape of himself wearing a gold pendant? That was in the shape of himself wearing a gold pendant. I don't know, but that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. That makes me want to find out who it is and then buy all their albums, even if they're terrible. <laughs> I saw a, a picture on on the internet the other day. It was every year for Christmas, this guy gets his brother a t-shirt with him on it. But like every year, it's the picture of him wearing the t-shirt with him on it. And they were at like level four, where it was like the picture of him wearing a picture of him wearing it. It was some crazy inception shit. But so this guitar that Rick Nielsen has, now that I have the picture of it, and I'm remembering. So it's a double neck guitar, and the two necks are his legs. <laughs> that looks ridiculous. Yeah. That is the silliest musical instrument yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> Freaking love Rick Nielsen. <laughs> uh, everything's all right. Everything's all right. Let's see. Ainsley Dunbar. Fun fact. Ainsley Dunbar... Uh, joined the Mojos in late 64, but that was after this song had already come out. So he didn't have any part in the original version, but he did play on oh, Bowie's I cover. Oh, I see that. Yeah. yeah. That was a weird thing. That did strike me as kind of like odd and um, kind of neat. Yeah, is there a parallel to that? Like That's what I was trying to figure out. I've After I read that, I spent a good like half hour racking my brain. I got nothing. Like, uh, oh, like, um, like the original Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. The actor plays a different character in the remake. Wait, is it... Uh, well, somebody else plays Starbuck. Isn't it... Uh, it's the same actor that plays Face on the A-Team, right? Dirk uh, Benedict? I don't know. I really don't know. Face from the A-Team? Yeah. See, I watched the A-Team a little bit, but didn't... Oh, I was obsessed with the A-Team. Didn't really follow it. I was I was three. I mean, I, this was when I, I was watching it in syndication when I was in middle school. No, it's not or, him. Like, late elementary school. It's not Face. It's not Face. It's not face. Um, no, it's somebody else. It's not important. But it's like that. Yeah. It's like that, but it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm trying to think. I don't think yeah. I can't really think of any kind of contemporary. That's, that's a really odd thing. Pino Palladino playing on Gary Newman's records while Nine Inch Nails covered a Gary Newman song and then had Pino Palladino as a live bassist. That's, that's that's the closest thing I got. Yeah. I don't know very much about music. I feel like there's probably an example with like Dave Grohl. Oh yeah, kind of thing that, yeah. You need everywhere. You need one of those like six degrees of separated central characters. Yeah, like Dave Grohl seems like kind of a missed opportunity that I don't have like a six degrees of Dave Grohl like crazy conspiracy looking person pegboard with the red in my, threads in my room connecting everything. He's like uh, Dave Grohl is like my rock and roll spirit animal. <laughs> So it's weird that I don't already have that in my in my apartment. It's never too late. It is never too late. Well, but I'm pretty sure if my girlfriend walks in and I have a giant like six degrees of Dave Grohl pegboard hanging up on the wall. I might be single after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else to say about everything's all right? Um, not that I can think of. It's a pretty straightforward tune. Sure. Um, it's well, a 60s blues rock love song. Well... 
No, it's is it a love, love song? We per haven't say we haven't discussed even the content of it's, the song. It's it's like casual love. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah, no, I was looking at it. I was like, maybe there's a hidden meaning in there somewhere. But no, not really. Uh, the Mojos were a uh, were a Bowie were a um, Beatles influenced band. Bowie was also influenced by the Beatles. Bowie was covering the Mojo song. He adds one thing, one other thing to the end of this that's not at the end of the Mojo's version. The Beatles-esque, which, which they did in a lot of their early songs. Yeah. Right? Um, they didn't do it quite like that. No. I can't, I can't they sing. They didn't do it anywhere just... near as well as that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I've got, <laughs> I've got dogs pawing at the window right now. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yeah. Let's rate this thing. Let's do that. Well, so it's just kind of there. It's, you know. Yeah. You know, if you've heard one 60s blues-based loving song, you've heard most of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I like, I, as has been the case so far with pinup stuff, I kind of, I like the Bowie version a little bit better. Yeah. There may be some examples that come up where that's not the case. I can think of at least two, actually. Hmm. Not that they're knocks on the Bowie versions I'm or anything. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. You got a little ways to go. Right. One's going to be in the W's. <laughs> Narrows it down. By the time we get there, I will have forgotten all about this conversation. But anywho's, um, yeah, I give this, um, what are we going to use as a, as a metric for this? Uh, I'm going to give this song three little babies. Three little babies. It's not great. It's not bad. It's a three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the th- there were three in the bed and the little one said, move over. And so they all moved over and one fell out. I'd give it two little babies. Two little babies. I didn't have to go through all of that stuff to get there, but I felt like it. It's my show. I can do whatever. Yeah. I damn well please. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. You know. It's. It's not bad. I won't skip it, but I won't reach for it. Well, that's gonna do it for everything's all right. And uh, what do you say we get back here later and talk about something else? Is that? Is that it for the uh, the ease? That is it all. That's that is all the ease. Ease were short. That concludes the ease. Yeah. Uh. New letter next time on from A to Ziggy. We're gonna, we're gonna be starting with the F's. Yeah. We have. At, we have so many Fs to give. Which we're going to start next time. Um, I've got dogs howling outside the windows of Vermita Ziggy Studios. And uh, I feel like... Is it like a... Would you say, is it a winter dog? It's No, it's it's warmer than that. It's a, it's a hotter dog than that. Slightly more autumnal. Yeah, more of a hot dog. More of a hot dog. But not a summer dog. Kind so of in like, between there. Like like a fall dog. A fall dog, yeah. I um, hope, it's, hope it's not up to any... Any mischief, various plots. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure this fall dog won't bomb the moon. I hope not. Unlike what a fall dog does in the David Bowie song, "Fall Dog Bombs the Moon," which is the next song we're going to be covering. Yes, that worked. That totally worked. Sure. Yeah, that was seamless. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be next time on From A to Ziggy. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. From A to Ziggy is our handle on both of those things. Check us out and join the conversation. You can also subscribe and leave ratings and reviews at iTunes, at Google Play, at Stitcher. And uh, yeah, tell your friends, listen to this uh, podcast. It's really cool. And yeah. uh, these guys are like so cool and good looking and um, knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, and you know, if ever there was a time to, to jump on board, I'm looking at our, our list of Fs. We got some pretty major songs coming up on the docket. There's some pretty good songs in here. Like some quintessential iconic david bowie coming up yeah in this in this letter so 
I, I mean, I don't want to give too much away. Oh, me either. But uh, I, for one, can't wait to talk about a foggy day in London town. Silent nodding. <laughs> well, Travis, thank you for joining me. Yes, yes. Thank you, listener, for joining us. Wait for them to say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, goodbye. Hope everything's all right. Say it's true. They got a message for me.